0: Hey guys, we have a great guest coming up today. We are chatting with the founder of the Girls Lounge and CEO of the female quotient, Shelley Zalis. But first, I wanna talk a little bit about Stitch Fix. So Stitch Fix, if you don't know what it is, it's super simple. You fill out your style profile online and Stitch Fix will send you clothes, shoes, accessories picked just for you, uh, your size, your style, your budget, and of course things that you will like. So I'm really excited. Summer's
1: here. Need new outfits, obviously, a lot of spaghetti straps. Um, They have some really cute pieces, basics, uh, prints, jewelry. Um, And so I recently got a box and it had this really beautiful slip dress that is something that I'm just going to take away for
0: summer and wear Mm, every day. Nothing like a slip dress. I know. Slip it on. Stitch Fix is a super successful business that has made a lot of people very happy and a lot of people also very wealthy because they IPO'd in the largest like female-led IPO this year, I think. Um, So Katrina Lake is a really, really impressive entrepreneur. She actually just joined the board of Glossier, which is pretty cool. So with Stitch Fix, you only pay for the items you actually keep and it's easy to send everything back because they cover shipping both ways for returns and exchanges and there's no subscription required you can get your fix monthly, quarterly or just whenever you feel like it. So get your first fix now at stitchfix.com/girlboss and get 25% off when you keep all 5 items in your box. That's stitchfix.com/girlboss to get started with Stitch Fix today. S T I T C H F I X.com/girlboss Success. It's such a complicated idea and yet for so long we've all collectively subscribed to a single definition of the word which was likely given to us by a white-haired dude somewhere in a boardroom in the 1960s and there's nothing wrong with that definition with the notion of climbing a corporate ladder with a singular focus. But it's time to make space for a few other definitions for side hustles and well being and failing forward, and for the idea that success is a wild ride, not the destination at the end of it. Join me for a journey into the lives of women who are redefining success and paving the way for others with grit and grace. I'm Sophia Amoruso, the founder and CEO of Girl Boss Media, and this is Girl Boss Radio. Shelley Zalas is a founder, CEO, and internationally renowned thought leader for advancing equality in the workplace. Shelley changed the game by becoming the first female chief executive of a company ranked in the research industry's top 25 and has helped elevate feminine strengths in the workplace. And what I'm the
2: most proud of is I was known as the chief troublemaker. I would break the rules,
0: go against the grain, which was not the norm, and I would create the new norm. Today, as the CEO of the Female Quotient, Shelley is advancing gender equality across industries with the Girls' Lounge, a pop-up experience at conferences across the globe as well as within companies. We have over 17,000 Women in our community
2: that are all badass girl bosses in Fortune 500 companies yeah. that are now working together, collaborating, sharing, supporting,
0: amplifying. She's also leading initiatives within corporations by creating solutions for change with the Female Quotient's Equality Boot Camps. As the co-founder of Hashtag See Her, a movement led by the Association of National Advertisers, she's helped to increase the percentage of accurate portrayals of women and girls in advertising and media. In addition to being an entrepreneur and thought leader, Shelley is also an admired speaker and skilled moderator who has interviewed influencers such as Katie Couric, Gwyneth Paltrow, Cheryl Sandberg, and Ariana Huffington on topics related to equality and leadership. Women in general, we have that voice in our head that tells us
2: we aren't good enough, we can't do this, we can't do that. If, you know, if we if we can't do 10 out of 10 things, we're not qualified and my girlfriend Wendy Clark says you just got to shut that bitch up in your head. You know, shut that bitch up in your head and own it. You know, own your voice,
0: own your strength, and be a girl boss. Today Shelley's here to share how the world of business and tech is changing for women, how you can break through the glass ceiling of middle management, and how you can help with the fight for equality in the workplace. We'll get to our chat with Shelley in just a moment, but first, Maggie and I are going to chat all about what's going on here at the Girl Boss headquarters. I am so happy to be back in town for an indefinite period. I'm just going to say that until I leave town again. Yeah,
1: seriously. Because
0: it's always like a novel thing and I know it's like boo hoo, I have to travel, like boo hoo, I'm busy that mm-hmm. whole like, you know, uh, that's not I'm just. I love being here. I guess I is what I'm saying. And I think that's um, a good thing. And I like like, a good team. I like working instead of yeah, like I gallivanting like- around, looking <laughs> like I'm working on Instagram. Or... <laughs> so we're gonna talk to Shelley about a lot of things affecting women as entrepreneurs as executives. About women who are building workplaces as well, which Shelly's doing, which we're doing here. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. Mm -hmm. And to do it, sometimes you need money up front to put together what it is that you're going to go sell and buy a little bit of inventory. And it's, it's very hard to start from zero the way I did with an eBay store. Like that's like a very, it's kind of a rare thing. So there's a lot of options out there for you. And so I know we've been writing about what some of those options mm-hmm. are. What do you know about small business loans?
1: So actually, I've never gotten a small business loan, but I did learn a lot from this piece on our site. Um, I don't have a business, but one day, you know, I think everybody kind of feels like there's that little passion inside them that wants something that's theirs. They can, they're can they the main stakeholder. So there are a few ways. Unfortunately, money runs the world, and you need it for kind of everything. These are a few ways that you can get money without actually having to have a full-fledged business. You know, if you're wanting to turn your side hustle into a profitable business. There are small business loans, which is really really common. It's it's basically and this is important to note, all of these loans keynote loans, you have to pay back. So, you generally pay them back with interest. Um, But this is ideally something that you'll want to invest in because down the line five years, you'll have something that's way more profitable and you'll be able to pay these back. But you're basically working with the bank. And I will note there are a lot of online banks now. So, Which is an alternative to this. Banks are very, very old school and thus you need to have a good credit score or else you really can't go this route. Um, But now with banking online, it's a little bit more lax. I will say the... um, The the rates to pay back are going to be much higher, but you can have poor credit and still they'll give you that.
0: Yeah. I met someone, I forget the name of the company. There's so many, fintech is the word, like companies that are just exploding right now. And his does a different kind of credit check where they like, I don't know if they Google you, (laughs) but it's like much more sophisticated than that where they, you know evaluate you on a variety of oh, factors wow. outside of just the standard kind of credit report to qualify that's awesome. you for for credit so oh cool, it's kind of interesting there's a lot of different different things out there.
1: The other loan is an SBA loan and the most common is a 7a loan. It sounds very confusing but essentially it's the gov- it's a government agency that's thus footing the bill for you so the government is now working with the bank and you're not in between there. I mean, you'll still obviously have to pay back, but they're doing the bulk of the loaning. This this one is great though because um you can get quite a bit of money, so if you need to buy a property or something, this is a good way to go. Cool. because they'll give you a good chunk rather than
0: Buy our Um, office building.
1: I know, right? Just kidding. Loans on loans. The other is a business line of credit, which is essentially just a credit card for your business. Um, Again, you do have to pay all of this back, but it's kind (laughs) of like using a credit card that you like put it on, put it on the credit, and then you pay it back. Yeah, they're like
0: you have instead of them just giving you a five hundred thousand dollar loan, they're like you can spend up to five hundred thousand dollars, but we're going to give you the money as you need it. Yep. Right? Yeah, there are limitations for sure. The last option is a microloan, which is... Ooh, a microloan. A microloan,
1: and it's exactly what it, what I'm it gonna means. I'm going to microloan you a
0: microdose. <gasps> I was just listening to your episode with Jericho oh on micro dosing. Isn't it funny? It's pretty funny. Because
1: <laughs> I was like, I don't condone it or anything. <laughs> yeah. I realized it was illegal. Oops. I know. Microloans are perfect if you're looking for uh, sums less than $50,000. they are not going to give you the $5 million, but they'll give you a good chunk if you're trying... I don't know, you know, if you're trying to purchase equipment or inventory, That's as you a mentioned. That's a really big... You know,
0: the girl boss foundation has given grants of like 15 grand and it's totally love exactly. level, like leveled up people's businesses exactly it's, like it's that a small thing is the difference between having to have someone else manufacture your stuff and it taking six weeks to mm-hmm. fulfill your customer orders or like having a machine right at your office for your whatever you do right.
1: yeah these are great and they're definitely more low risk in terms of payments um so this is great if you're a side hustle and you really just are trying to make a name for yourself you have to like pay someone a, a marketing fee or a design budget to build out your your symbol. You know, it's like very small things that will end up taking your business a lot further. A, you but should always great.
0: have a really, you should always have a pretty solid plan put together with how, what you're going to do with that money and how it's going to make money for you, for you to be able to pay that money back. It's definitely a very dangerous thing to just take money without a plan. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, even when Nasty Gal was mm-hmm. exploding, um, I would just run as fast as I could. I did have a plan and people gave me money they were Mm -hmm. investors it wasn't a loan but it still wasn't the best thing Mm -hmm. you know at any scale any size no matter like how many people are giving you five thousand or fifty million dollars having a plan with what you're gonna do with money that anybody gives you and how to deploy it and how to make it last as long as possible is incredibly important
1: Mm -hmm. being conservative with your money spending it like it was your own you
0: should spend it like it's your own (laughs) So to read more, you can visit girlboss.com and type in need cash. You can type in need cash, but you can also type in need cash. These are the four best funding options for small businesses in the search bar. Now get ready to hear from the founder of Girls Lounge and CEO of the female quotient, Shelly Zalas. Where did you grow up?
2: So I grew up in Los Angeles. Actually, I was born in San Francisco, grew up in Los Angeles, lived in Frankfurt, Germany for three years because my father was a doctor in the army and uh, then came back to LA and moved to New York to go to school. I went to Barnard. But I went to Barnard when it was Barnard College for Women, Columbia College for Men of Columbia University.
0: What did you grow up wanting to be? Like, What did you want to study? You know, what did you this study? is the
2: craziest thing. I actually wanted to be just like my mom. I thought I would be a full-time mom and PTA president, running an organization to do good in the world, and raising my children. Are you all of those things? I am all those things, and then some. Um, Are you the PTA president? uh, No, I was very... Well, now my kids are big. I have a 21-year-old, a 23-year-old, and a 26-year-old. So those days are over. But I was very involved in community. I was very involved in my kids' school. But I I, I didn't like PTA. You know, I would always tell them, give me my assignment and let me go off and do it, versus the Mm -hmm. committee. Mm -hmm. Because I just didn't have that time to... You know, go back and forth, and it's like there's enough politics in business, you know. 100. (laughs) 100%. And I did bring the cupcakes when my kids needed them. I just didn't bake them, but I did display them nice on the plate. That's fine. That's why
0: there's bakeries. (laughs) What was your first job? When did you start like working? Just like random odd jobs, or not like career jobs? But what were the first things you did to earn money? Well, when
2: I was at um, Columbia, I used to scoop tuna fish at the um, little cafe. And, you know, the crazy thing is I didn't need to. My parents did not expect me to work while I was in school. They wanted me to stay very focused on on my education. But I always felt guilty. I had time on my hands, and so I would go. And, of course, um, I probably was not a very good employee because when my friends would come in, they'd get, like, you know, extra big helpings, and I'm sure I forgot to charge them every once in a while. But then I thought, well, I'm going to go to the job board, at Columbia because my senior year I was a tennis player and I had plenty of free time and I thought I should go start figuring out what I want to do. I was a psychology major, mainly because you didn't have to write a thesis. It was <laughs> I always knew how to get by and get great grades because I loved life and adventure and meeting people and I found that to be more fascinating than the books themselves. Um, and I saw this advertisement for a job that sounded like an ad agency, And I'm like, wow, that is so perfect for me. And I remember getting all dressed up in a suit with stockings. We used to wear stockings at the time. And I went to the subway, and my handbag fell into the tracks. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, no. What am I going to do? And so, of course, the train passes, and my bag is down there. So I get the newsstand, guys, like big, long stick, and I lay on the ground, (laughs) scooping up my purse, of course. I'm completely disheveled by the time I go to this interview and I walk into this interview and there's four women sitting around eating frozen yogurt, reading People Magazine and gossiping. And I'm like, I got this. I like this job. (laughs) Give me the money. (laughs) And the boss, he wore corduroy pants, red socks, wallabies, and just a button down shirt. And he was rolling in the dough. He was making a fortune, a five-person company, Um, and as it turns out, it was a research company testing ads. And it was Mall Intercept, where we would stop people in the mall, ask them their opinion about a 30-second spot, and give the analysis to clients. And this was in a day where there was no computer. We worked on a typewriter, and we would tab the results by hand, you know, and make it the bundle, one, one, you know, check, check, check this, Mm -hmm. you know. And But what I loved about that was he had a brilliant idea jar in the office. And every night we'd all put our brilliant ideas in and then we would sit around in a circle, open up the jar with a glass of wine, of course, and read them and say, oh, what a good idea. Let's do it. And things happened. And I stayed with him for about eight years, which was quite remarkable. So that was really my first job, learning about business even though it was a small business, and I loved it, and how important each of us on the team was. We had a hierarchy and, you know, titles, but I loved learning from each other and sharing and handling clients together, and all of our opinions mattered, and Dave was so inclusive, and I don't even think we knew what that meant at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was was really a wonderful foundation for me um, that I really jumped from to where I obviously went from there.
0: Yeah. And so was it after that that you started your own company? No. What happened so, uh, next? So
2: I remember getting recruited to go to a company called ASI and the job was it's a quantitative research company and we need someone um, great at business development. And so I went to my boss Dave Er, and I said Dave I think it's time for you to let me fly. I've been here a really long time. I, I love it here. But I, I think it's time for me to go to a bigger company and get that experience. And I said to him, and by the way, what is quantitative research? <laughs> I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> and he said, oh, it's everything we do but more people. I said, okay, got, got it. Wish me luck. And I went to the interview. And the person that interviewed me was the CEO of ASI which was the largest um, copy testing company at that, at that period in, in the U.S., in the United States. And my boss, the guy that interviewed me, his name was Jerry Lukman, this tall, handsome man with this sweeping cashmere Armani cape. And wow. I'm like, wow, you don't look like a researcher to me. And on his wall, and I will never forget this, he had pictures of his family. A whole wall of his children and his, you know, grandchildren, everyone. And he talked about his kids. And I'm like, I love you at hello. I'm in. Mm -hmm. And he said, "Um, let me show you two ads. And he showed me two ads. I think it was for Domino's Pizza. And he said, which one did better? And I said, oh, this one did better because, you know, of this, this, and this. I was trained quite well to look at ads. And he said, you're hired. And he hired me right on the spot. And he said, what do you need in your office, I said, I need a typewriter and a TV so I can watch ads. He said, well, I'll give you the TV, but you have to learn how to use a computer. I'm like, no, I don't know how to do that. And it was the most incredible experience because I learned how to depend on myself and learn skills that I didn't know. And I was definitely in a much more competitive environment than I was back at Video Storyboards, my tiny little company. And I knew I wasn't like everyone else. You know, when I was working on TV ads, I would walk around with the products in my hand and study them. And, and I knew what my clients ate for lunch, for dinner, how many kids they had, when their birthdays were. And it was when I became quite good at developing relationships mm-hmm. and not being an order taker you know and that's why i always talk about i don't believe in networking networking is shake someone's hand give them a business card and wait for the phone to ring and my first review i was actually i walked in thinking i'm the golden girl here you know everyone is going to give me the this glowing review i came early i said yes to everyone i offered to help everyone and i walked in and my boss not jerry that interviewed me but my direct boss actually ripped me to shreds and I still have it. It was a typewritten five-page review. One page was nice things, generic nice, and four pages were criticisms of I spend too much time with clients. I, you know, I I I I push the team beyond their comfort zone, you know, all this. And I remember looking at them and I had two options. Say, "Oh, You're right. Or the other direction and tell him he was wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm 26 years old, 27 years old, uh, young, under 30. And I um, looked at him and I said, God, you are so wrong. I said, one day you're going to come back and tell me that there's nothing more valuable than relationships. And I said, you might not see this today. But one day you're going to come and tell me that, and he ended up putting this woman above me, um, and he said to me, "Well, we are a research company, and she's a researcher. What don't you get about that?" I ended up going to build quite a large research company based on relationships, um, selling it for you know over eighty million dollars, and the other woman that was above me had a very short-lived career, um, and. My old boss is still great friends with me today. Mm -hmm. Um, Jerry, the original Mm -hmm. with the sweeping cape. And, you know, the other person is still a very good friend of mine and has basically told me
0: that there is nothing more important than relationships. Shelly left her job in the corporate world in the year 2000 to form her own company, OTX. She revealed how she made that decision and how to know when you've outgrown your job.
2: So I realized that I really had a very different perspective than traditional researchers and that the rules that were in the workplace now that I had children were, would not work for me. And I decided I had this crazy idea to migrate research from offline to online, but in a day and age where only wealthy old men with broadband were online, so mm-hmm. hardly a representative population. And I remember talking to my bosses that were all men, and I said to them, what if we move research from offline to online? And they all told me that it wasn't the right time. And I remember going home thinking, well, when is the right time? Someone else is going to come up with this idea, and I'm going to be the idiot left behind. Um, And I was sitting on a panel with the head of research for Procter & Gamble, and I remember whispering to him, Larry, when is the right time? To my great research, and he said, "Next week, come in, come talk to us." And my company never could get into Procter and Gamble, and so I went back and I told my bosses, "Oh, we're going to Procter next week," and they said, "Great, Paul will go, Jerry will go, Ringo will go, and David will go." And I'm like, well, "What about Shelley?"
0: Paul, Jerry, David, and Ringo.
2: <laughs> I
0: said, <laughs> "Yeah, what about Shelley?"
2: I said, "What about Shelley?" And they said, "Well, it's really a boys' world, and you know, I don't, we don't think that's the strongest team." I said, "Great, then I'll cancel the meeting. You're on your own." I said, I got the meeting, I'm going. And of course I did. And we ended up bringing in, you know, a $30 million piece of business. But it was that moment that I realized that, you know, a lot of people talk about a cognitive, an aha moment. An aha moment is a cognitive moment. It's something your brain, you know, rationalizes. But uh, a feeling, a heartbeat moment, you know, that's why we call it follow your heart, female intuition. That's what girls got. We got that intuition. You got to follow it. And Mm -hmm. I had that moment where I said, why am I following everyone else's rules? Why am I not right? And it's time for me to go. And it was that moment I started OTX. It was called Online Testing Exchange. I love X. I think it's a sexy letter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the rest is pretty much history. I had to break every rule to create new ones I am um, a well-known CEO. I was the only female CEO in the top 25 my whole career. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, and what I'm the most proud of, is I was known as the chief troublemaker. Mm -hmm. I would break the rules, go against the grain, which was not the norm, and I would create the new norm. And I created the uncorporate rules for my company. I had 250 employees operating in over six cities, and i created i undid all the rules that i hated about corporate america and I, what are some of those rules i do not believe in titles so i would invite people by name to meetings and then tell other people if you want to come to any meeting that you're not invited to you're welcome to but if you come to too many meetings you're not invited to you don't have enough on your plate mm-hmm. i would share the good bad and the ugly with all of my employees there was there were no secrets um i Believe in taking as much time off as you need. I don't track time, but yeah, be res- responsible and yeah. be respectful. Yeah, um, leave. Don't miss your parents' anniversary, your kid's soccer game, you know, or anything that is important. But make sure you're covered and cover people back. Mm-hmm. Don't be the one always leaving people leaving people behind. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's just about moms. I think people deserve to go on dates, to take care of their pets. To take care of their parents, whatever is important in your life, you have one life with many dimensions. Um, chocolate everywhere. We hmm. we always had chocolate. We had a share bagel bagel Friday, where everyone, if you have a bagel, we always had food. Mm-hmm. Meet someone new. I can, we can afford Bagel Friday here at Girl Boss. It's great because you. <laughs> I don't know. It's L A it and bread, people, so yeah, you, might, you might want fruit, but <laughs> maybe kombucha Friday. I don't know, it was it was yummy. But anyways, it just encouraged people to get to know other people, yeah. and you know. And I would always cross pollinate teams. Like I'd come into the office one day and like everybody get up, we're moving seats, mm-hmm. and I would reorganize so mm-hmm. that everyone could learn from different people and be you know. I have so many crazy uncorporate
0: rules. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, have you written a book? No. Do you want to write one? Uh, yeah. Together. Yeah. Oh,
2: awesome. Well, I you heard mean... it here on Girl Boss. Yeah. People keep asking us to write the book. And the truth is, it's not about me. It really is about, you know, and we'll talk about the Girls Lounge, but we have over 17,000 women in our community that are all badass girl bosses in fortune 500 companies that are now working together collaborating sharing supporting amplifying um and you know the book would have to involve everyone because Mm -hmm. everyone in my world has a very important role that Mm -hmm. they've played and continue to play in
0: my life and in my journey yeah and it's also just you know, my book was largely first book was largely based on my experience, and it's just it's the reason I started this podcast is like okay, wow, well, okay, people think that what I did is interesting, but it's like why shouldn't I use that platform to talk to other women about what they've done and their paths, and there's something to learn from everybody's path, and use scoop tuna, I scoop tuna, someone else might have worked in a parking lot, or and all those things give, I think. Context and hope to someone who wouldn't normally look at someone like Shelley Zalis and think, "Oh, her first job was scooping tuna," you know, right. which is not no knock on on scooping tuna, but everybody has a beginning, and um, and it's not always it's it's not always shared when we just see someone speaking at maybe the Fortune's Most Powerful Women Conference.
2: I actually think that the best lessons for me and why I am a girl boss. In business came from the places you would not expect. I working in a cafe. I met the most interesting people, and you know, every day was a new adventure. And I had to learn how to, you know, manage the front, you know, office basically. Or even when I I had my own company, I would pick up the garbage. I think well. I was a great CEO because I did it every aspect. I didn't just point fingers at people to say you need to do it this way. I actually did it. Mm-hmm. I coded, I tabbed, I wrote analysis. Yeah. I built, you know, businesses and it it really helped shape who I am today as a leader. You know, I'm not a leader that motivates others and pushes things down. I'm happy to get my hands
0: dirty too. Yeah. Um and work together. Yeah, that's one thing I You learn, like, leading by example is incredibly important, and it's easy to get away from that. I got away from it at a certain point. In the early days of Nasty Gal, that was very much the case. And then later on, you know, I maybe wasn't in the office as many days as I could have been, or showing people by example, like how I would have liked them to work. You know, there's a point as an entrepreneur where you can feel like, especially if you're like young and kind of naive, that you're an exception to the rule, but that's not going to set the stage for the people around you because, you know, they're they're looking to you for that kind of guidance.
2: Listen, I think you are an incredible role model, especially because you share your failures and your successes. And I think that's called real. And I, I, I really believe that you can't tell someone how to be just like you. First of all, if they're going to be just like you, then they're not necessary. We don't need the same. You can inspire someone. You can have them shadow you. But as Oscar Wilde says, you need to be yourself because everyone else is taken. And giving people that power to create their unique footprints, you know, on a designated journey, mm-hmm. um, but to also zig when others might zag, that to me is innovation. Mm-hmm. That to me is evolution. That to me is how change happens. And that most importantly is how growth happens. Mm-hmm. If everyone on your team, which is growing so, so, you know, so big right now, if everyone did the same thing, they wouldn't be necessary.
0: We have so much more to get into with Shelly coming up. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about Skillshare. Skillshare, we love We love learning here mm-hmm. at Girlboss. And oh, I, I know if you're listening to Girlboss Radio, you like learning too because that's, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, it's like it's fun. It's not dorky. It's like actually benefits you. It's totally narcissistic if you want to take it there. <laughs> and it'll make your life better. And Skillshare is here to help you. Do that, learn. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 20,000 classes in business, marketing, technology, design, and more. You can take a class in social media marketing, data science, web development, all the things that we need to know when we start a business, or maybe when we're going to apply for a job and don't mm-hmm. have that experience, but can educate ourselves. There's so, so many ways to educate yourself online, and Skillshare is really at the top of that list. Mm-hmm. And Maggie, you've used Skillshare.
1: I have, many, many a times. I love the classes because they're really low touch. It's it, You don't have, you know, like... 100,000 pages to read every week but but you're learning something that's actually really going to be useful Mm -hmm. I just learned how to um, use HTML coding which is actually very interesting is a lot of sites such as WordPress, Squarespace are are functionally based off of HTML. So you can get a little bit done. You can take your website sometimes to a slightly next level Mm -hmm. based off of just using HTML. Yeah. Maybe just knowing
0: how to like customize your Squarespace. Yeah.
1: And now once now that I know it, it feels very easy, which is funny. I feel like a lot of skills once you build them, you're like, oh, okay, I got this now. And that felt really rewarding just by this class.
0: Oh, and they have a watercolor class that I'm going to (gasps) take. Oh, my God, you were just watercoloring. I've been watercoloring Mm -hmm. in my backyard on weekends, which is just so funny and sounds so much cooler than I actually am. But, I mean, maybe it doesn't sound cool. It's very relaxing. It sounds like a toddler. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right, Skillshare has of offered access girlboss to listener. over 20,000 classes for just, yep, 99 cents. To sign up, go to skillshare.com, com. That's skillshare.com slash girlboss. Again, go to skillshare.com slash girlboss to start your two months now. That's skillshare.com slash girlboss. We're going to continue with Shelly in just a minute, but before we do, I want to talk a little bit about ZipRecruiter. All we do here is talk about getting jobs, Mm -hmm. and keeping jobs, and quitting jobs, and asking for raises, and starting companies, and starting side hustles, and growing side hustles, and making your side hustle into your front hustle, and having relationships, and trying to make all of that work, and sometimes having poodles. But ZipRecruiter's here to help, you know, hiring can be hard. You know, as an entrepreneur, finding the right people can be really challenging. There's a lot of different places with a lot of different kinds of talent, and you can end up with a lot of the wrong people on your doorstep, which happens to almost everybody, but not if you're working with ZipRecruiter. So, ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they have this really powerful matching technology and scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and then invite them to apply for your job. We use ZipRecruiter here at Girlboss. We absolutely love it. We've hired a fair amount of really amazing people. And with results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, Girlboss Radio listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive URL, ziprecruiter.com slash girlboss. That's ziprecruiter.com slash g-i-r-l-b-o-s-s. Ziprecruiter.com slash girlboss. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.